Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker in the hot seat, joining me in studio. How's, uh, how's life, Justin? It's good. Uh, week and a half and I can start walking on the ankle. And hey, boot, that's, but uh, that's good news. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, getting sick of rolling around everywhere. Yeah, you won't be a total limp. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say loser, but that's, wow. that's, that's mean. That's harsh. That's mean. Uh, so on the show today, our last episode, we did a little tribute to Henrik Zetterberg. I should say you did it because I was not there. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if I'd call it a complete tribute. I mean, I more or less just went over his accolades, what he did. Is he going to be a Hall of Fame member? Yada, yada, yada. And just kind of went over that stuff real quick. But Sounds like a tribute to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> before that, we did the Pacific Division. And... In fairness to my rankings, it was pre-Eric Carlson at San Jose. It was, yeah. But you guessed, you had San Jose first anyway. So, I did. Uh, we will continue our rankings moving on to the Atlantic Division, the uh, highly anticipated Atlantic Division. Uh, we Certainly, there's some question marks about a lot of teams, even the best teams in this division, uh, as well, who will finish in the basement. So uh, the way that we've kind of... You know, decided where these teams go. Of course, for for me, it was, you know, some of it is, all right, well, how did this team do last year? Who would they add? And how does it stack up against the other teams? Some of it was just kind of a gut feeling as to where a team wants to be, especially in terms of the worst teams in this division. Uh, there's some unique circumstances that revolve around a couple of these teams. And so, uh, that that plays a factor into my rankings and as well of course kind of that gut feeling that usually there's a team that exceeds expectations and surpass you know kind of falls short of those expectations so just like we saw last year Montreal I think we we both had them uh, in our top three mm-hmm. and they fell way short of that finished seventh in this division and then was it seventh or sixth seventh seventh yeah, yeah. and then uh, of course Boston. A lot, of, a lot of people had them missing the playoffs, and they go on, and they're one of the better teams in the league. So a lot of things can change very quickly. Uh, so with that said, let's hear your number eight. Number eight. Okay. Um, I have the Montreal Canadiens okay. in at number eight. Um, I don't think this one's going to surprise a lot of people like last year. I think you and I both had Detroit at number eight. They ended up finishing fifth in that division. Um I don't think they're going to totally disappoint everybody or totally um, in terms of where people have them ranked. I think they're going to finish at the bottom, you know, probably one of the worst teams in this division. And um, main reason is they're in a full rebuild rebuild mode and they need to be. Um, I don't know if they've come out and embraced it quite quite yet, but uh, let's let's face it. I mean, if they want to get something out of Carey Price, his last remaining few good years that he has, um, it's it's time. And I mean... When you look at this team, center depth, right, sticks out to me the the fastest. I know last year they tried Jonathan Druin at center. Didn't really pan out so well. Um, Pocanic ended up falling down the depth chart. He got traded. Now he's back, and he's going to be their third-line center. And then you look at who they have now. They have Philip Deneau at number two and Max Domi now at number one, who will not, as of today, um, this is Thursday, Jul- or September, July, uh, September 20th, found out he's going to be suspended for the remainder of the preseason. Yes. No regular season five, games, though. Five preseason games. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's about fair. 
Sure. And that's where, if it were a regular season, would he have been suspended five games? I don't think no, so. No, not at all. Yeah. So Maybe two, but whatever. Yeah, um, two or three for sure. Right. So, yeah, center depth worries me a lot. Their defense, obviously, Shea Weber is going to be out till probably December, from what I understand. Um, Carey Price, Antiniemi, actually, I like the duel and goal. I think they're going to be fine. Um, yeah, I think both goaltenders will put up good numbers. I, I think any success is going to fall directly on those two, you know, what they can do in net and what success they have. So yeah, it um, certainly will have to. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see if this team does after the Max Pacioretty trade, try to bring Nick Suzuki into the NHL at all, or if they try to coddle him and kind of slowly develop him like they probably should. Um, not that I don't think he's not ready for the NHL, but you know, who knows what they'll do. Yeah. And the, I guess the big question mark is, can Kotkin Yemi make the team? Mm-hmm. Because sure. if he makes the team and he goes and he's, you know, in their top six as a center, mm-hmm. then and he's and he's pretty good. Yeah. Then I think this team has a different feel to it for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think too, a lot or of times. Nick Suzuki, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of times too, especially when you have the number three draft pick. You know, teams or I should say fans expect the team to just play him immediately. Let's not develop him. Let's not, you know, let him, you know, ripen a little bit more in, you know, juniors or wherever he ends up going. So, um, you know, especially in Montreal where it's it's such a big market, um, the media is so strong there. I think they're going to be clamoring for some positive story to to write sure, about. Sure. And when a team's going to struggle to score goals, obviously it's going to be, hey, why aren't you playing this kid? So, yeah, it would be see because he would go back to Finland. If what he, he were to, yeah. uh, that's that's my guess is that he would go back to his country. Uh, sure, it but, makes probably probably makes the most sense for him too. But at the same time, and then you have a Nick Suzuki, who if you send him back to the the minors, yeah. you actually can't. You have to send him back to juniors, juniors. Yeah, and so then you're sending an overager back to juniors. Where I mean, is that really going to help his development? And so right. you have to add, maybe the push would be Suzuki over Kokinemi. Uh, just because of where either one can end up. If, you, if you're, your third overall pick just gets to stay at home mm-hmm. and develop with a, a good program, then that's fine. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be good. There's no sense in him losing all the time. Although I, I don't think this team's going to be as bad as, as we think. Uh, Let's hope. Well, I, I, have, I have them ranked sixth, actually. Sixth. So wow. I have them up a little higher on my list. Uh, okay. And, and it really is because of Carey Price. I think that if Carey Price comes in and is dialed in, that this team could have a a an interesting some some runs to it, where you know teams write them off. They're kind of that like eh, we can we can beat this team. Teams might take a night off, and you're not going to be able to take a night off if you want to beat Carey Price. And so, uh, I think that there is a high probability that you know what ends up happening is. Uh, Different different players on this team has have career years. Someone's going to have a career year. Uh, Thomas Tatar in their top six. Yeah, uh, I don't hate that. And uh, and you know, and you're going to have Paul Byron in there and Andrew Shaw. And so I think that there's there's some things. Their their top nine as a whole is actually pretty deep. It's just they don't have that that power for or like they, that top guy right. in their lineup, right? So. That's what kind of gives them the knock. But at the same time, if you can go out and you can roll four lines mm-hmm. and you have pretty decent guys on all four lines, you are going to win some games. Yeah. And I will uh, say this too. You know, 
Carey Price finished last year with a 900 save percentage, and there's no doubt in my mind it's going to be better. again. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to be better. And not only that, too, I think Jonathan Druin on the wing now, if he's got a, you know, if Max Domi does well at center, and I, and I say well as in maybe like a 50, 60-point guy, potentially, Yeah, I think Druin could potentially put up 70 points because they wow. need they need somebody to score goals for this team. Certainly. It's not going to be Max anymore, and Druin could do it. Now, Suzuki could also slot in on the wing in their top nine, which would make it even deeper. Sure. So who knows? Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting to see Joel Ward has a, a PTO, PTO yeah. with the Canadians. He so would, He would be great on that, that fourth line he, for sure. He would look really good on the, the fourth or third line. You mm-hmm. could put him on the second power play unit, and he's always a guy who will clean up any mess in front of the net. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, and, and I just think an all-around good guy, good locker room guy. So, uh, yeah, I know Mont- Montreal somewhere in that bottom three, though, yeah. is most likely where they, they slot. My number eight, uh, I'm sorry to say, but actually, here, here's the thing. I am not sorry to say, for your sake, they are going to finish last in this division. Now, I actually think that most people naturally will have Ottawa slotted as the last place team in this division but the reason i don't have them there and initially i did i thought you know ottawa i mean essentially let's look at their roster last year they were pretty bad anyways and now we look at it and they swapped out mike hoffman for michael bodker yeah and we swapped out eric carlson for dylan Demello. basically so that i mean Sure, there's lots of prospects and draft picks, but as far as what we can see right now, those are the impacts to the lineup. I mean, the general manager, Pierre Dorian, for the Ottawa Senators, was asked during a preseason game, he was sitting down with the Sportsnet guys or something, and he said, you know, what's something that excites you about this team? (laughs) Something along those lines. And he paused. And he said, well, we're a team. Well, we're a team. We're a team. And that was it. That was it. It was like... Man, how how have we come this far? A team that was in a goal away from the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago, yeah, to making finally making a trade for Matt Duchesne and being through the moon about it, mm-hmm. just absolutely loving the fact that they finally made this deal. And now seven eight months later, we're at the point where we're going. Well, we're a team, <laughs> and Duchesne could and be gone. you should be fired. Like, 100% Pierre Dorian should be fired. I don't know who would want that job. No one established, but maybe somebody could walk in there and change their fortunes. But I don't see how Pierre Dorian... I don't think he's been fired because... Because he's doing the bidding of of Yeah, exactly. Melnick, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he knows nobody else will come work for him or do what he says. Right, right. Um, Okay, so, well, the reason I have the Red Wings this low. Yeah, please, I have Um, to hear this. So, okay, so with Ottawa, I have Ottawa 7. Okay. So Ottawa's first-round draft pick belongs to the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. So in my mind, that says this team is going to do what they can to win. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do what they can to lose. So... Uh, where I think you might see normally maybe this team might trade away Mark Stone. They might try to trade away Matt Duchesne. I think yeah. Matt Duchesne's going to resign there. You do. He's already basically come out and he he did say he'd be happy to resign there. He wants to sign in Ottawa. Yeah, I and think be a part of the solution. I think too he's going to get a blank check, so he knows he'll make more money staying there. He should, and, get, he should get more money. I don't think he'll get a blank check, but I think no. he'll get a, a small raise. Sure, sure, but he'll be the guy there, and the I guy, think yeah. he won't get that anywhere else in the league. Right. Uh, 
And so because of because they don't have their first round pick, I don't think they're going to be as antsy at the deadline. You know, okay. you, you see some teams where they go, well, we're going to trade away all our unrestricted free agents and just try to accumulate draft picks, which is what the Red Wings should do mm-hmm. at the deadline. So I think that when you look at the Red Wings as a whole and you go, okay, well, they could they could trade Cronwall at the deadline if he's not dead. Um, you know, or, or if, if he's, he's not dead. Not is still able to skate. Uh, they also could trade Vanek. And you can also trade a Nyquist, who are all unrestricted free agents. And so when I think, okay, in February, the Red Wings are going to probably offload the two, three of those guys, all three of those guys, most likely. Uh, I think then you have to go and you look at this roster and you go, wow, that's it's going to be a little rough once those guys leave. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's no Zetterberg. He's gone. Yeah. So there goes your top center. Good luck replacing those 60 points that around 60, what, 60, 55 points, something like yeah. that, as ADL mm-hmm. last year. Uh, they're, I mean, at this point now, what is Larkin going to play center? Is he their yeah, top he, center? So he's going to sign a top line yeah. with Manta and Tyler Bertuzzi. And then your second line, who their top line tonight is a line of Athanasiu, Pavel Zadina, and Thomas Vanek. Yeah. So there's your top six. Now, well, actually, I, I they're gonna. What what I've heard is the plan is actually uh, Franz Nielsen's gonna center the second line for yeah, this okay. team potentially. I see that too. But I mean, he's still gonna. If you look at, I like that line of Sedina, Vanek, Athanasiu because you know, the speed goes very well with Vanek. What he does, so that'll help him. But you look at what's left then at that point, and you think, okay, Abdulkader's probably gonna play with Franz Nielsen then on the second line. Yeah, I I'm guess not so. so excited about that. And then whoever and else they Helm throw in there, or, yeah. yeah. Tyler or Bertuzzi or Martin Furk or Rasmussen. I mean, yeah, Rasmussen. Who's, who looked good? Yeah, in this yeah. game. Yeah. He's, he scored he's a, a big boy, six foot six, two hundred thirty pounds. So, and, I mean, defensively speaking, it's not the worst defense in the league. No. I'll give him that. <laughs> not um, yet, <laughs> but and and then with adding Jonathan Bernier, I mean, they could also unload Jimmy Howard. Yeah, I, I honestly believe that, and and eat half the salary, and then there's you know, yeah, two point he will be more likely to be traded mean. than I think anybody else on this team, in my opinion. Come deadline time. Yeah, and my my worry would be as well that Bernier really has never been the guy, uh, and yeah. when he was, he was bad, and he's been oh he's been good when he's the backup. Yeah, and and he's a backup who can handle a one A one B even like mm-hmm. what the situation that he's in. But yeah, if 30, he becomes games. the sure. guy, uh, I don't necessarily trust that he's going to be uh, as effective as he was last year for Colorado. So uh, when I but when I when I look at this team, I don't necessarily see the worst team in the league. I just see a team that is going to be all in, I think, for Jack Hughes. And and I think that it's a mistake not to be. Sure. No, I would absolutely agree. I think, you know, you look at what teams do when they rebuild, right? Like Chicago, LA, Pittsburgh, what they've done over the last decade. They always go out and they get that number one pick. They get that superstar guy to re to basically reignite yeah. the, the team. Yeah. And that's what the wings need because don't get me wrong i love larkin but he's never going to be that guy for them no he's a best and number two guy sure i mean you if you look at let's look at another team in this division real quick toronto mm-hmm. who you go matthews Tavares, Kadri. right i'd say that larkin and Kadri are much closer comparables sure no absolutely i actually sure. think Kadri is a little better 
Kadri scores more goals. Yes. <laughs> and so you look at that and you go, well, Toronto's got three centers better than Detroit's yeah. top center. And that to me is, is where the, the struggle is going to come in. And also defensively speaking, can Cronwall stay healthy? Is, you know, is Trevor Daly going to be as effective? Is Erickson going to be even worse? Although can he get worse? Uh, and then Mike Green, 32 years old now, you know, how does he continue to, to be that top point producer for their defense? And so I, I think there are a lot of question marks. I actually think this is one of the more uh, interesting teams in this division because this team could have a lot of younger guys. They could trade a lot of players away over the course of the season. And this team, I think, should and will look much different in 12 months. So wow. I, I'm interested in seeing what happens with uh, with the Red Where do you have the Red Wings at seven? Then? I have them at six. Actually. You have them at six. Okay. Yeah, and I'll, I'll explain why I think they're going to finish a little higher than what you have them, and not necessarily because, I mean, I do agree with you. I think they should not necessarily tank it, but they should go after Hughes. And funny little thing, too, that I, I realized the other day, and I don't know why it never really hit me, but so Vancouver, right, who many people around the league are projecting to be the worst team in the league or at the yep. bottom anyways, yep. um, they just got rid of a set of brothers, right, that just, just left town, Sadiq's. Sure. They have one kid who is going back to U of M for another year. His name is Quinn Hughes, yes. who is the brother, brother. of yep. Jack Hughes. Yep. How poetic would that be if they That's, get another set of brothers to come in and that lead their franchise? is very true. That yeah. would be pretty epic. So, I mean, I, I would pull for Vancouver you just for that. kind of have to root for that. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's your team or their team, of course you're exactly. going to pick your team. Uh, but, yeah. So, okay, so you have Montreal at eight. Ottawa seven and Detroit at six. That's correct. Yeah, you and I both have Ottawa. So I at have seven. Detroit at eight, Ottawa seven, and Montreal at six. Uh, is there any way? Okay, l- let's paint this. So we both have Ottawa at seven. We'll mm-hmm. talk about Ottawa for a second. Uh, and we said they lost Hoffman, they lost Carlson, of course, mm-hmm. and and that's you know that's where it's up. So Craig Anderson had his down year last year. I pointed if you go look at his stats, you'll see up year, down year, up year, down year, up year, down year. So. Theoretically speaking, this is his up year. Mm-hmm. So let's say he does better than expected. What else needs to happen for this team to contend for a playoff spot? Well, um, I think first off, you look at the back end because their biggest piece that left left was Eric Carlson, right? Uh, Thomas Shabbat now is going to be given more minutes, more responsibility. And for a guy who has been just taunted as like their, their next big defenseman, He's going to have to step up. He's going to have to really prove that he's he's worth the hype and that he can handle those minutes. And I think on top of all of that, I think they're going to need some help from younger pieces. Um, and now when I say younger pieces, I mean guys like Colin White, Logan Brown coming in, guys who are still prospects. Maybe, you know, last year they weren't re- really ready for NHL jobs, but because, you know, some pieces have left, um, you know, these guys are supposed to be the future of Ottawa. Hopefully, they're maybe ready to take that next step. And I think not only that, too, but then you're going to need just like career years out of Duchesne, Stone, and then Bobby Ryan has to get it going, too. So, if, if Bobby Ryan could somehow find his mojo again, yes. and let's say that Bobby Ryan becomes a even a 40 point player. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A 40 point player for Bobby a Ryan. 20 and 20 would be would, fantastic. Uh, would. Almost replace Mike Hoffman. Almost. Almost. Uh, the problem is is that all even like last year, they still weren't very good, even though they had those players. Yeah. So just a straight out replacement isn't going to be good enough. Uh, My, Michael Bodker, I mean, he's a, 
I guess a reasonable replacement. I mean, if think if you got if you got forty points out of Ryan, you get forty points out of Bodker, maybe mm-hmm. forty five points out of Bodker, depending on where you play those guys. Shabbat is able to. He had twenty five points last year. Mm-hmm. Let's say Shabbat's a forty point defenseman. Yeah, and Craig Anderson has his last great year in the league. I mean, he's thirty seven years old. Huh? Yeah, he's probably, probably doesn't have too many good years left. And then. Uh, and Brady Kachuk too. Brady Kachuk in. comes in and is able to steal that number two spot from Chris Tierney. Chris Tierney slots into the the three, and away you go. And maybe Ottawa's better than we all thought that they could be. Yeah. Although when they played the Leafs, they got torched <laughs> both times. <laughs> yeah. By the by two different squads. Hey. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Leafs are going to torch a lot of people this year. You know, so. defensively, this team isn't. Ottawa still isn't bad. Like, I mean, Dylan no. DeMello being on your third pairing isn't the worst. You know, Dylan DeMello played really well last year in the playoffs, I thought. Yeah, he did. Now, let me ask you this. Which defensive top six would you rather have, Detroit's or Ottawa's? Oh, Ottawa's. Okay. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Fair enough. There's no, like, there's no question. I mean, with just Thomas Shabbat, yeah. that makes them more desirable than Detroit because Detroit has no one. Well, I, I, no, no one that you're looking forward to, at least. Yeah. Well, when I when I say that, I mean like for this upcoming yeah, season. Yeah, and so. and for this upcoming season, Cody Cece's serviceable. Yeah. Dylan Amello's pretty decent, and then you know Chris Weidman, Mark Borowicki is, uh, he at least will throw around his weight. Right. <laughs> He's ne- he never takes his shift off, so you can appreciate that about him. But and not to mention that Mike Condon is one of the better backup goaltenders in the league, and so maybe that gives them a couple extra points throughout the year. You know. Whereas if with a bad backup goalie, you end up with uh, fewer points. So, ah, uh, yes. And Marion Gabrick is always, he's out there. He's on the Ottawa Senators. Maybe he finds yeah. his way again as well. And Ottawa turns out to be this team of a bunch of players who we thought were done. Anderson, Gabrick, Ryan all have bounce back years. Then they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they would need a, I mean, they need a lot of things to go right for them for sure. But I, I don't think they're going to finish at the bottom of the league just because some of the things we talked about, and mostly to what you say, how they just frankly don't want Colorado to cash in. They have on no reason. Yeah, if, if so. Colorado gets Jack Hughes, then. Can you imagine? That Duchesne Nathan trade McKinnon. is the worst trade of all time. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. McKinnon and then Jack Hughes at number two. Like, that's insane. To me. Yeah, that's mean. It is. That's that's Crosby Malkin. That's Tavares Matthews. Yeah. It and suddenly is. you're in the conversation of being a Stanley Cup contender every year for the next ten years. Yeah. Yep. That's dirty. Okay. Well, okay, so there there's our bottom three. Uh I think that our next two might be similar. Yeah, but real quick, I I, I want to address why I have Detroit a little bit higher. Okay. And yeah, not at number eight like you did which still still upsets me a little bit i'm gonna yeah I'm gonna, but you would have the opportunity like let's say that you didn't get jack hughes you still end up with the top five pick guaranteed yeah no for sure um so to me i i honestly think that we're gonna see a calder-esque uh brock besser like season from a philip sedina uh, wow okay yeah with I, no one to feed him the puck. With no but I mean Vanek Vanek is decent at feeding the puck. Yeah. He's I mean Okay. Yeah. So Athanas with Athanasiu at his center? I don't care who it is. I think this kid has so much speed, flash, puck skill that 
it doesn't matter who's at center for him. I think he's still going to go out, and I think he's going to get pretty dang close to 30 goals this year. Okay. Yeah. All right. I really think he's going to push for uh, it. So. Let's say this. Let's say over under 27 goals. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to go over. Okay. Yeah. I, right. I honestly will go over. I, I truly believe he's really going to push for 30. Um, and don't get me wrong. I think their, their top line, Larkin, uh, Bertuzzi and Mantha are going to be fine. I don't think they're going to be phenomenal or anything like that, but um, I think they'll hold their own. They'll be all right. I, I think they'll, you know, make, I don't want to say make people miss, not miss Henrik Zetterberg, but um, I don't think they'll be like, oh, that shouldn't be a top line. You can make up for, yeah, Zetterberg's I think production. They'll be okay. But when you get down to, you know, Nyquist, Nielsen, Abdelkader, or Helm, whoever they put on that second line, that's when you're going to really start to see some deficiencies. However, I still think they're a little deeper up front because they're going to have some open spots for younger guys to come up, like Rasmussen, uh, even Joe Valeno, who somehow fell to number 30 into Detroit's lap in the draft. Right. I think even he could push for a roster spot. Now, I do think Detroit at the deadline, they're definitely going to be out of a playoff spot and they are going to unload some assets. I think Nyquist, Howard are both definitely going to go. Um, I think Vanek probably will go, but it's only going to be to a contending team. And by contending, I mean like probably Pittsburgh. Yeah, he is a no-trade clause. Yeah, he does. So I think he's going to pick where he wants to go. Is it a full? It is a full no-trade clause. Yeah. I guess he's sick of being dealt at the deadline. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. And I think he wants the option to choose if he's going to go anywhere. So I think he, he could end up somewhere like, you know, Winnipeg, Nashville, or, you know, San Jose or Pittsburgh. He'll be somewhere like that, I think. Um yeah, but I, I I just think with the combination of a healthy Howard and Bernier back there, I think they're going to make up for the deficiencies on, on D, and I think they have enough youth and speed up front to keep them out of the gutter of that division. Okay. All right. Uh, all valid points. However, I disagree. I, I do. Their their top nine is actually okay. Yeah. It's, it's solid. But when I look at the rest of this division and, like, we, you start looking – up beyond where you know i guess beyond montreal and ottawa yeah those next five teams their center depth is fantastic yeah they really are so that's that to me is yeah they could finish here's you could finish in sixth or you could finish in eighth why would you want to not finish in eighth and just get a better get a better pick especially if it's because you've traded away some more key players in order to acquire younger assets and build for uh, what I think could be next year, they could be one of the surprise teams in the league. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen plenty of teams who go from the bottom to, to playoff contention like Colorado did last year. Yeah. You know, very quickly. Yeah. And I don't even the right think pieces. you need Jack Hughes in order to rise. Yeah. I think that you just need Zadina. If he, you know, let's say he has a great season and then he continues to take a step and whoever you draft is able to come in. Uh, I think this uh, this Detroit team for the first time in maybe four years, Mm -hmm. you now have hope for the future. Yeah, and they're going to start to unload some of these contracts too over the next couple years, which could play out very well for them because then they'll have some money, and especially with Zetterberg, six mil going off the books now, they'll have some money to potentially go out and get a free agent. You know, you know, maybe say Matt Duchesne doesn't sign. Not that I would bring him in, but um, you know, they could go out and spend some money on a free agent this offseason. So sure, sure, you know. But, okay, okay, let's move on to number five. Yes. We have the same number five. I we believe. do, yes. and rightfully so. We we have chosen the Buffalo Sabres to be number five, which could potentially be a playoff spot. 
Could. Yeah. Uh, it's unlikely, but last season it did happen for the Metro. They had five teams make the playoffs. So it's uh, not out of the realm of possibility. Buffalo Sabres, to me, have the they have had the biggest turnover on their roster out of any team in the league. I think six of their 12 forwards have are changed over. Yeah, they made, they made a lot of big changes. I mean, some of them, for instance, Connor Sherry came in from Pittsburgh. Jeff Skinner came in from Carolina. Then they, they shipped out Ryan O'Reilly. They brought in Patrick Berglund, Saboka. Uh, Carter Hutton came in. Laner's gone. So And then Rasmus Dahlin, of course. So they, they yeah. brought in a lot of new faces to this franchise. And then, of course, you've got some of the youngsters that are going to come up. And, you know, most importantly, uh, Casey Middlestat, who ideally is going to be slotted in at that number two center yeah, spot. And Tage Thompson. Yep. And so, yeah, this team has, there's a lot to like about this team. Not yeah. to mention Jack Eichel, who will certainly have a bet. I, I think he'll have a, from from last year, where I'd say that, you know, it felt like, at least statistically speaking, that he took a little bit of a step back. Or he didn't take that step forward that you were hoping for. But he was. Still fantastic. I don't think he actually took a step back. I think it's the team was so bad that he was, you know, he he kind of looked like he took a step back. That's, but yeah, now exactly. he's got, you basically sent out Ryan O'Reilly, who's a great centerman, a uh, good player to have on your team. But they've now filled in the winger position, which is for this team a much more important thing to do because you need to provide Jack Eichel with those top players and Jack Jeff Skinner is going to look great next to Jack Eichel. Oh, absolutely for sure. And I think, you know, like we talked about with the depth on the wing now. Um and then of course, yes, I think it was yesterday they announced that they got Sam Reinhart to a 2-year extension, Yes, which yeah. is and they got him at good value too at Yeah, 365 yeah. for 2 years. A, a beautiful bridge deal which uh, we can talk a little bit more about speaking of bridge deals and restricted free agents uh, we'll talk about William Nylander Certainly. I know your brother Luke wants to really hear our thoughts uh, on that yes, one so um, but I, I think you know they have so many more options now where they can move guys up and down you know that those top three lines whereas before you know it was pretty much Kyle Poso was really the only talented winger you had that you could really put next to Jack Eichel. The rest of them were like, eh, maybe, maybe not. So now you have options with Skinner, Sherry, Sam Reinhardt. you got guys that can move up and down and give you depth so that you just don't have not only just one scoring line, but if one's not working out, let's switch it up and put someone else with Eichel. Yeah, and I'm hoping that Carter Hutton, that he can have another good season. I don't think he's going to have the same kind of season he had last year with St. Louis, but I do hope for everyone's sake, that he's not just a one-hit wonder kind of goalie uh, where, you know, you have a great season late in your career and then you get your big deal and you end up kind of being a bust. Uh, I, I hope that he can do well. Yeah, I do too. I And I think the defense is good enough. I think the forward group is good enough that he'll be able to have some some confidence in front of him basically where he's not being relied upon every single night to keep the puck out like Carey Price may have to be this season. Yeah, and when you look at their Buffalo's top six, defensively speaking, Rasmus Dahlin, Rasmus Ristolainen, I do love that they have two Rasmuses. Yeah, they they have to good. do something with that. <laughs> uh, Bogosian, Scandella, Hunwick, and then you know take your pick, Boyu or McCabe. Uh, not a bad no. top six. Uh, so, I mean, when you... When you look at teams, and I mean, really, you look at the rankings of the teams that at least I have on my list, it's almost like 
I've ranked their defensive core because okay. you know you've got Detroit <laughs> at the bottom, which I do think that they have a, a quite a bad defensive core. Uh, and then you move next Ottawa, and you move next to Montreal, who you could probably flip flop those two. Yeah. And maybe now for the first time, Buffalo they went from having one of the worst with just adding one player to being much improved because now you can slot Bogosian and slot Ristolainen in the right place, and you're, mm-hmm. you know you're not going to have them being taken advantage by always having to play them against other teams' best players. Right. Okay, well that's uh, that's Buffalo, and and we did not do these lists together, but we are the same on number four as well. We are, and uh, that would be the Florida Panthers. Uh, no, oh no, I have Boston. Lies. Lies, lies. Never mind. We're gonna have to. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you have the Bruins at four. I have the Florida Panthers at four. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should just let's go. Uh, where do you have the Florida Panthers? I have the Panthers at number three. Okay, you have the Panthers at three. Yeah. And I have the I do not have the Bruins at three. I have them at two. Okay. I have the Tampa Bay Lightning at three. Ooh. Okay. And then I have the Leafs at number of one. Of course you do. So let, let's go your top four, and then okay. and then that gives us a little bit of freedom to kind of bounce around. Okay. Here. Well, I have Tampa Bay winning the division again. Okay. Uh, I have Toronto finishing at number two. Florida at three. Boston at four. Um, All right. Basically, I I kind of, you know, when when we did our last division preview with uh, the Pacific, you know, you mentioned, and I I completely agree, I always think there's instances where there is one team that sort of falls off a little bit and another team that kind of surprises or jumps up in the point standings just, you know, more than maybe expected or more than, you know, you might think with what they did in the offseason. So, you know, Buffalo to me is the team in this division that's really going to take the the jump. and then for me, a team that's going to fall back, I think Boston is the prime candidate to be that team. Okay. Um, you know, most people might put them at two or three like they were last year, pretty much all season long, um, minus a, a couple moments when they were at number one. But yeah. um, I, I honestly believe that Boston is going to finish fourth just because they are going to hope that moving David Pasternak down to the second line with Krejci is going to work out. I don't think it will. I think Krejci is... On his way out, I don't. I think his best days are behind him. I don't think moving a talented winger like Pasternak is going to re-energize, revitalize his career. Yeah, and that that move is interesting because you wonder how long it's going to last. Yeah, maybe 10, 20 games, and then Pasternak's back up for the rest of the season. And and really, if the team starts to is losing at any pace, they're just going to reunite. And and most likely, the three of them will play together on the power play. No, absolutely, yeah. And I, I also think too when you when you go a little bit further down the depth chart. Um, you know, David Backus, for example, I think he is slow. I, I don't think you're going to see him improve at all this season. Um, and they're going to rely very heavily on their bottom six, or I should say maybe their third line, with a lot of younger guys like Jake DeBrusque, Donato, Heinen. You know, can they get good, you know, sure. seasons? I, I mean, I guys? think that you saw good playoffs out of those players. You did, absolutely. And and good kind of end of the season. So, But I just think, you know, less production out of Krejci, Backus is really going to hurt them because, you know, we, we saw that, you know, a team like Tampa Bay figured out that if you shut down that top line, they really can't do much else outside of it. Sure. Uh, the other thing, though, is that Tampa is one of the only teams that can shut down that top right. line. Right. So, I mean, yes, if you can shut down that top line, great. And and that obviously is why they're trying Pasternak on right. a different line to see if they can move around some of that talent. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, two, I, I honestly believe that we're going to see pretty bad I shouldn't say pretty bad season, but we're going to see poor seasons out of their goaltending duo. I, I don't think they're going to have decent seasons, and uh, Halak is going to look like a bust to me. Hmm. Well, Halak so. will be, you know, he'll play probably 20, 
yeah, 20 games, 25 at the most. Uh, I I don't I don't hate that signing. I think Tuka Rask looked better at the end of last season when he kind of had that little break, mm-hmm. you know, and then they cemented him back in. Uh, it's funny because Tuka Rask and Braden Holpe were two goalies that at the beginning of last year everyone had tops, yeah. you know, high up on their list, and then during the season they kind of fell out of graces. And uh, eventually, I think they kind of proved that they still belong in the conversation. I mean, a lot of people have Brayden, Hol- Brayden Holby as the number one goalie in the league after that playoff run. Yeah. And it's funny to me that so many people would fall for that because you have a bad regular season and then you have a good 24 games. And suddenly you go from being all done to being the top goalie in the league anymore. I'm not buying that. Right. Because, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, that's just... That's just silly. No, yeah. is Holby the rest in the league? I don't think so. No, is he the, you know, is he out of the top ten? No, he never was. Yeah, and I, I think to Tuka Rask, his numbers in the playoffs were not very good. I think he finished with like a nine oh nine save percentage. So, yeah, I think that's about where he's going to be this year, and it's going to, and I think Halak is going to finish a little worse, maybe around a nine hundred. So, not going to be good. Okay, well, you know, for uh, the Leafs' sake and the playoffs, I yeah. sure hope that they finish <laughs> deep, deep down the roster. Uh, yeah. I have the so I have the Bruins at two. Okay. Uh, again, when I look at their defensive core, there's a lot to like, and I think that this is probably Chara's last year as a mm-hmm. number one, number two defenseman. I think that Charlie McAvoy takes a bigger step this year than he did last, and I I mean, what's not to like about Tory Krug? And so I I just I think that this team overall they have the right players. On their defensive core, who can you, know, you can play? You can throw these differently. Like you can throw a Matt Greslick up in the into the top four, and he's okay. Yeah, and I will say too, John Moore, who they ended up signing for under three million dollars, is going to prove to be a yes, very nice, a very good signing. Yeah. Yep, and a good replacement for uh, shoot, I can't think of his Adam name. Adam McQuaid. Adam McQuaid. Yes, yep. absolutely. So, okay, well, yeah. So you have the Bruins there. Now yeah. I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. At three. Okay. Oh, sorry. I do want to say something about the Florida Panthers. No, please, because I have them at number three. So we'll Okay, be so yeah, you have them at number three. Okay, yeah. So before we jump to the Tampa Bay Lightning, we'll talk about the Florida Panthers. The Panthers, to me, at the end of the season, that was closer to what this team really looks like. Um, maybe not the crazy run they went on, but they were very good. They were good in their own zone, and they got good goaltending. But they also were getting a lot of production from the back end. Like, I think Keith Yandel at one point was like 30 points in 30 games or something like that at the Man, end of the year. he was ridiculous. And he really had a bounce back year. And so I think that if you have another good year from Keith Yandel, Ekblad takes another step forward. I mean, it's it's funny to think Ekblad's in his fifth, se- right, his fifth season, fourth season? Fourth season. Yeah. And uh, he was drafted in 2014. Season, so. So. And it feels like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, but this is only he's only been three seasons, so uh, he definitely he'll he'll take a more of a step forward. And then the the their bottom pairings of Matheson and Pissick, and then Weger and Petrovic, uh, underrated, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And they they can definitely get the job done, especially the fact that they they've got some interesting roster battles with Henrik Borgstrom, and you've got. Uh, Ian McCoshin, can he, you know, will he maybe crack that top six with Owen uh, Tippett? And then you, yeah, you got Owen Tippett, Jonathan Ang. So there's different guys who maybe can rise up. Jared McCann, who is traded for Eric Goodbranson. Yeah. Uh, 
can he take that next step and become a top six forward or is he just kind of doomed to be in the those bottom six? But I, I think they have a lot of interesting roster competition and I think that always helps teams. Uh, not to mention the fact that you know adding Mike Hoffman to an already strong top six uh, and really he rounds out that top yeah. six nicely where you had Trocek, Huberdeau, Barkov, Bukestad, Dadanov, and now you drop Mike Hoffman in there and he'll fit in great. Yeah, and I think too, adding Mike Hoffman in there with Trocek who took such a great leap forward last year who was so underrated, oh, I think he's, he's going to be even better this season with yeah. Hoffman on his wing. And, you know, Roberto Luongo was said last year that at one point during the year he felt like he was done. Yeah, and but he looked phenomenal. Then he <laughs> he really found his game, and yeah. he he felt better physically, and so I I hope we get to see a, a one last full great season from Roberto Luongo, and the nice thing is is that you've got James Reimer who can play 30, 35 games, and, can, I, and you're okay. He could be a starter. I mean, we saw it in Toronto. He's capable of doing yeah, that. Yeah, he'd be... I think he's a starter on a non-playoff team, but he could be a right. starter. Uh, he's definitely a 1B, for sure. Now, I, I do think they went out and they saw how much you know they had issues with injury with their goaltending last year, and they went out and got Hutchinson from Winnipeg. They signed him as a free agent, yep. which I think will be all right for them. Sure, yeah, uh, if they have any injury, they can yeah. pull him up and... yep. Absolutely. So, okay. Uh, also hoping that Mike Downing makes the team. All right. <laughs> I I know him, so that's why I hope he makes the team. Okay. When I say I know him, I'm friends with his brother. So Okay. That explains more. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, Florida Panthers, I think it's reasonable to have them at three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's reasonable to have them at four. I think no matter what, they're a playoff team. No, I don't absolutely. think we see five teams make the playoffs from the Metro this year. No, I agree. It's it's definitely four and four. And the only reason I have them finishing above Boston at number three is just because I think a few guys in Boston take steps back. So okay. Um, now the Tampa Bay Lightning at three, interesting, is yes. uh, probably off the board for a lot. a lot of people. There's probably not a lot of people that have them at. at I three. don't know anybody who has them outside of the top two in that division. Well, let me explain, please. Okay, so. Let's talk about the players that have been added to other teams who uh, who could possibly jump them. Uh, John Tavares on the Leafs. The biggest one. That's all I need to say. Uh, I, I think also, well, this team has what appears to be a fantastic defense core. You also got to remember, right? Anton Strawman, free agent at the end of the year. Uh, what's I mean? I'm most likely they're going to hang on to him. Uh, he could have a great year in a contract year, but at the same time, he's 32 years old, and this is about that time where sometimes players start to take steps backwards. Dan Girardi will turn 35 this year. Yeah, he'll be gone uh, after does, this season. Does, does that you know? Does that throw things off? Can Sergachev take that next step, uh, or is he you know how, how good Sergachev going to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in all reality, too, if you if you truly believe that maybe Strawman or you know Braden Corburn or even you know Dan Girardi start taking steps back, then that opens up opportunities for Sergachev to have sure, to sure. and the Slater Cuckoo or yeah, yeah. He has to take a few extra minutes. He's got to you know maybe get out there for a few extra penalty kills. So we'll see if maybe he's capable of elevating his game a little bit more because he's been sheltered on that third pairing and to power play minutes, which only make his numbers usually look pretty dang good. So. Sure. And and here's the thing. When I say that Tampa finishes three, 
I'm not saying they're going to have a bad year. No, I, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that anybody in particular has bad years. I don't think Stamkos is going to take a big step backwards. I don't think Kucherov is going to take a, st- a huge step backwards by any means. I think they may level out a little bit. I don't know. Like, does Kucherov have 25 goals in the first 30 games right. of the year? I don't know about that. Uh, and when I look at maybe just other teams in this in the league and their forward depth, not the Tampa has. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard to go. Well, this is why this team is going to finish lower. Mm-hmm. Call it a hunch. There, one injury for any team can slot them a little lower. Absolutely. You can lose out on some points. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like a Charlie Conacher. Uh, I th- I think that they're you know we're pulling hairs, pulling teeth here, but it's their bottom four, their fourth line to me isn't that great, and so. Any injury up front is going to result in some of those guys having to be pulled forward and maybe played out of position. No, I, their uh, and, fourth line's all right, and I think they're going to have a guy like Ryan Callahan on there. Um, but you do see it a lot with Tampa Bay, though. They do roll 11 forwards and seven defensemen a lot. So with Slater Cuckoo, I think he'll get a lot of time, you know, do, be in that seventh defenseman. So, um, you know, John Cooper there in Tampa, they don't usually roll out their fourth line too often. So I'm not too worried about it. And the great thing about having a guy like Ryan Callahan on that fourth line is I think if the occasion calls for it where he's got to be bumped up, he can handle it in short spurts. Yeah, my other my other question mark is still going to be Vasilevsky. Okay. He had a fantastic year last year. No, he did. I, I and, and most of the time, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it remains to be seen. I mean, we could he could have another fantastic year, and he's that guy who's constantly in the discussion for the Vesna. Right. But is he going to have another Vesna year? I, I'm going to say no, he doesn't. Okay. So, I mean, we saw first half of the season he was unreal. Second half of the season, he 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 struggled a little bit. No, and I, I see your argument because I do remember one interview he came out and said he's just tired. Right. 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 So to me that. Is I don't the biggest, think he'll ever say that again. No, publicly, he definitely won't. But that to me is the biggest question mark when I look at Tampa Bay: is their backup goaltending situation? Because you need a guy who can come in there and potentially maybe play up to thirty games. Yeah, and Louis Domingue is is very yeah, very un, under average. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know maybe they make a move. Maybe they go out and get you know a guy like, um. Shoot, I don't even know at this point. But uh, you know Andre Pavlik just retired today, sure. so he's yeah. not even an option. But maybe they go out and get Steve Mason. Who knows? There you go, so. Stevie Mason. Calder Trophy winner. Yeah, like 2003 or something. I still don't buy that. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing again. Tampa Bay is a great team. Boston and Toronto, also great teams. Mm-hmm. So we could mix them all up and have them finish in different orders, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay, of course, they make the playoffs. And I think that regardless if they finish at one, two, or three, that they most likely win that round. I don't think they beat the Leafs, though, if they you don't. play the Leafs in the playoffs. Okay. I don't. But let's talk about the but Leafs, though. Well, okay, let's talk I, about I, I want to get into that because, okay, I have them at number two. You have them at number one with, right. I mean, obvious reasons. You know, the biggest offseason deal was getting John Tavares to come in. That was fantastic. Um, but, bef- I mean, okay, so... John Tavares comes in. He adds a lot of center depth to that team. He just makes them very, very dangerous up front uh, because now you can do so many more things with their... I mean, I even heard that their Babcock wants to throw Tavares and Marner out not only as a forward pair, but as a penalty-killing pair now. So... Okay. 
That to me, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's the that's the Zetterberg Datsuk on the penalty kill. It really is because I I love it when your star players can kill penalties. I think that shows great. Just you know who has the most shorthanded goals in history? Please, Wayne Gretzky. Well, hey, I mean, when you have guys with high IQs that know what's going to happen and And they they have speed to to kill you, yeah, and they know how to finish. There's a lot of evidence that shows that if you put your best players in the penalty kill, you'll you'll score. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, like. For Detroit, right? A guy like Darren Helm, I don't know how many times I've seen his speed work on the penalty kill where he gets on a breakaway but can't finish. So wow. maybe you get a guy like a guy with Larkin. That can shoot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that can actually finish a little bit better. Um, you know, how much better that works. But so, okay. Toronto number one. I, I Give me your thoughts. Lay it out for me. How do you see the season going for them? Okay. So first off, let's, let's address... The uh, the William in the room, please. <laughs> the William in the room. <laughs> so we know William Nylander is yet to sign. Yeah, uh, he's one of a few players who are restricted free agents and haven't signed. Yeah, there's four uh, guys, and apparently, just so everybody knows, talks are not. Apparently, he's looking for a long term deal. If I'm correct, and yes. Toronto wants to get him on a short term because they still have to re-sign. You know, well, Matthews. I, I've, I've and, heard that they want to get him on a long deal. Okay, they they don't want a bridge deal, and that's why this is taking so long. Okay, so. Yeah, my, my understanding is he's looking closer to eight, whereas Toronto doesn't really want to pay him more than six and a half, if I'm correct. Yeah, and I mean, you look at what David Pasternak got. Mm-hmm. Very similar numbers. Numbers. Yeah. Actually, Pasternak's numbers are a little better. They are. I think William Nylander had 61 and 61 Six, yeah, last two seasons. Yep, yep. And Pasternak had 75 points one year. Yeah. 80, yeah. So, I mean, granted, we can say, well, look at who he played with all season. Right. So, of course, he's going to have a little bit inflated numbers, and that's fine. Uh, Neil Leonard played with Matthews. <laughs> now, as far as I'm concerned, is he, he, does he deserve more than seven? No. Would I, would I be satisfied with a, a seven times eight? Just get him at, you know, 56 million for the next eight years? Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I would do that. Uh, maybe an eight year deal isn't, isn't what anyone's really looking at. They're looking more at five. Uh, I believe five would put him as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, my guess is that he's also looking for quite a bit of lockout pr- protection. And I think that they should, like that should be your leverage point is, well, we'll look, we'll give you a lot of lockout. We'll front load it. We'll guarantee. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, now the Leafs have all the leverage. Yeah. That's the thing is that Nylander can only hurt himself because Either you, I mean, if you sign a bridge deal, you're probably you're either going to play with Matthews again, and you're only going to be better. He's going to be better. The lineup below you is better, so therefore teams can't put all their focus on you. So uh, that helps him. Uh, also, I mean, I'll take Nylander for Tavares. Like Nylander's a really good player, but mm-hmm. Tavares is Tavares. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we can we can trade those guys out, and we're already better. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the fact that they're their depth all over the roster has improved. Um, yeah. I think when you go, when you're able to go, well, Kadri's now the third line center, legitimately the third line center. You don't have like a, no. you know, Bozak Kadri. You just went from Matthews Bozak Kadri to Matthew Severus <laughs> Kadri, and then you're able to slot. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got guys, Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Johansson, Parlin Holm, uh, Josh Levo, Connor Brown, all these guys can be moved throughout the entire lineup, play at the top line. And Tyler Ennis last night in a preseason game scored two goals. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that because so far what I've seen from him, he looks pretty comfortable 
playing with Matthews. And so yeah. if he continues to roll like this, do maybe you get to a point where you say, okay, now Nylander's bargaining tools have just shrunk. I mean, he Absolutely. can't. But at some point, maybe if you're, you know, the Maple Leafs, do you say, okay, let's, we know our shortcoming is on defense. Do we maybe move him now? Because we found a guy who can play well with Matthews for at least the next year or two. I mean, um, Ennis is only 28. Yeah, so he's right. got a couple a couple decent years left in him anyways, at least. And and one good thing about Ennis is he's always had speed. So. Yes, yes. And and he really has, I from what I was reading, he he really felt like Minnesota was the was a great place for him to go. Mm-hmm. And he said it almost immediately he realized, oops, I shouldn't like this wasn't this isn't the right situation for me. Yeah. And so now he's coming to Toronto it's because Minnesota plays such an open more loose kind of game and right. it just wasn't it didn't fit his style whereas Mike Babcock's much more structured yep and so it's work it that's he said this is going to work for me uh, Tyler Ennis at one point was a guy who was you know he's a 50 point guy yeah I, I do think there was a little bit too much pressure on him in, in Buffalo I think he was expected sure. to do what is expected right now of Jack Eichel there at yeah. one point yeah. so you know obviously it didn't work out but um, yeah I, I mean would you consider training trading William Nylander for a nice right-handed shooting defenseman uh I mean of course of course anyone's anyone's available that's not Matthews or Tavares right in my mind so I agree uh, yes I would would I rather have Nylander up front though I I think I would I think that this team is just designed to destroy you offensively uh with players who are responsible defensively okay and uh so I mean Nylander will resign is he's coming back so it's just a matter of when, uh, and I mean honestly, it could it could hurt his start to the season. Uh, we've seen that before. We've also seen guys like PK Subban. The year that he was going to hold out, all ended up being just fine <laughs> that year. So uh, when I look at the Leafs' defense, I, I mean, you know, Riley and Gardner. There's your there's your mainstays. Uh, Travis Dermott has really shown tremendous growth over the last year yep. and uh and he did years prior in the in the marley's system and so i think you're seeing a guy who's i mean he's rising to the top he's one of the up-and-coming defensemen not just in on this team but i'd say definitely in this division he's a guy to to really be feared in terms of his ability to move the puck and then you go ron hainsey's gonna play practically every minute on the penalty kill uh, and then Nikita Zaitsev probably can't have a worse year than he did last year. No, I don't think and, so. And he said it himself. You know, he said he was he was hurt for a little bit, and and it just really threw him off. He's reset. He's ready to go. He had a good year the year prior, and so Nikita Zaitsev should be able to uh, to turn this around and at least be serviceable. At four and a half million, you don't have to be a world beater. You just need to you just need to be average. I'd say an average defenseman's worth about four million dollars. Okay. Yeah, I guess a yeah, middle pairing defenseman. Yep. Um, now I do have a wild card uh, for this team that I, I am kind of excited about. I'm not sure if he's going to make the team, um, but he is from Sweden. He is a right-handed shooter, and his last name is very difficult to pronounce. Lilligren. Yes. Thank you. Yes, actually, today, uh, assistant coach of the Leafs came out and said it's almost impossible that he'll make the team. Almost impossible. Almost impossible. Okay. Uh, him and. 
another Andreas uh, Borgman. Uh, no, they're Rasmus Sandin. Oh, okay. Uh, said almost basically impossible for them to make the team at this point. Interesting. Uh, which to me says they aren't good enough at this point. No, I, absolutely. I think so. Um, I, I There's also Kelly Rosen so. and Andreas Borgstrom. That's true. Right. Yeah. And Borg, Borgstrom actually scored a goal in their first preseason game. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, for me, Lilligren, it's just being a right-handed shooter, I, I was interested to see if he was going to get an opportunity or be able to make yeah. the camp because they do need – I think – you know, if you're Kyle Dubas, you I think he's actually said that he's hoping that the solution is from within and not sure. outside. So, sure. you know, he is one of those guys that could potentially fill that role for a number one right-handed shooter. Yeah, and uh, as far as Leafs in first place, I think that Anderson's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Sparks is a bit of a wild card. Uh, they have three backup goaltenders. So they have Garrett Sparks, Calvin Picard, yeah, Picard and Curtis yeah. McElhaney. Yeah, so I think that some somewhere along or the Pickard, line, I think Pickard, Pickard, yeah, Pickard, yeah, Pickard, you also, Garrett Sparks could. I mean, McElhaney was the best backup goalie in the NHL last year. Yeah, so uh, I, I think it'll just. I don't know how much of that was. Hey, it's the perfect system for you, or wow, you had a lucky year. Yeah. Sure, but if he doesn't do it, you've got Sparks. If he doesn't do it. They've got plenty Pickard, of good yeah, backup. Yeah, lots of, for lots sure. of guys. Um, the I guess the other question marks are, you know, this team has a a gluttony of forwards. Does one of them get dealt for that? Yeah, you know, maybe bottom pairing defenseman package with something. We'll see. Uh, and then you've got, I mean, this team's question marks are the most fun because who will John Tavares? play with it looks like it's going to be marner yep and how great of a season can marner have how awesome of a season can austin matthews have really the only negative question is will will when will ne- william nylander sign and i will say it's imminent he yep. will sign uh it might not be the end of training camp and that's his loss uh i think you're going to see this team come flying out of the gate mm-hmm. and they're going to go players are going to go hey we understand you know William's got to do what's best for William, and I, I believe that players really believe that. And they're going to go, you know, he'll come he'll come back when they settle on a number. And the longer he waits, I think the lower that number gets. Yeah, absolutely. And frankly, regardless, the longer he waits, the less money he makes anyway. So it's not a good move to uh, to keep yourself bottled in there. And so I, I think you go for as much lockout protection as you can get. You don't sign a two-year deal because that... W- next year might mean nothing it might you right. know what's crazy to me is if say he gets in before the start of the season toronto potentially could have four guys that i could easily say are 80 or point per game players yeah between yeah. marner nylander matthews and tavares those the toronto's gonna do honestly casperi captain could score 30 goals this year that's just crazy and kadri scored Kadri, 30 goals yeah, yeah. i mean they're just that's I mean with all the deficiencies on defense that we talk about they're just going to go and outscore teams basically is what they're going to do this and, year and their deficiencies on defense really aren't deficiencies they're just they they maybe no. don't have a a Victor Hedman but Morgan Riley at one point last year people were saying man this guy could be up for the Norris he he very well could I mean he's only twenty four years old. I mean, he's just now starting to get into that prime area where right, defensemen right. are just so good. And he only makes $5 million a year for the next three years. Yeah, that's a steal. So that's Yeah, that is a steal. Especially for a number one defenseman on a championship contending team. Right, right. So good. Um, now, you have Tampa Bay finishing first in this team. I do. Now, I want to know why you see Tampa Bay as a better team than Toronto. Okay. So, to me, when you look at forward groups, I think there's enough 
depth on Tampa to say, okay, I think they can offset Tampa's or Toronto's addition of John Tavares. While I think this, wow, that's yeah, bold. It is. That's bold. It is, and I I think so. Because you you there you know there's no one on Tampa Bay other than Stamkos who can offset, and we already have an Austin Matthews. Right. I do. Okay. So when you look at so say John Tavares puts up 80, 80 some points this season, right? I, I still think Braden Point finishes close to 65, 70 points, which is just a fifteen point difference. But where I, I think the the difference is is when you get a little bit deeper and you look at other guys on you know their bottom six. I think maybe. Tampa, like, like Kadri, who can score thirty goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so <laughs> that is pretty good, though. I he is a very good argument argument chip, so um, or arguing chip. But Tyler Johnson put him down there. Uh, Yanni Gord, a guy who can put up you know fifty points. I think they have a, a a few other guys that can put up a lot of big numbers on that third line for them. That maybe um, Toronto can as well. But where I think what really sets them apart from Toronto is when you look at the defense, right? So, yeah, Yanni Gord... I didn't even realize up. he had 64... Yeah. Yanni Gord had 64 points last year. Yeah, time. he came out of nowhere. Um, so, what I what I think the difference boils down to is just on defense. And I think, you know, Vasilevsky, Frederick Anderson, I think basically those two guys could yeah, be washes. Yeah, it's a relative wash. Of, yeah. 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 But when you look at what they have, right? So, even if you take Ryan McDonough and you swap him out for Morgan Riley, I think those two guys are washes right there. But then you look at Victor Hedman. Yep, right? the Leafs don't have a Victor Hedman. They don't have that so, guy. Yep. Um, you know, Travis, you know, McDermott, maybe Sergachev, maybe they, you know, he takes that other step forward. So maybe those two guys are washed at that point. But I think still the veteran guys they have on defense, the guys that can potentially put up, you know, a few more points, I think it, it I think I would take a Jake Gardner over Anton Strawman. Would you? Yeah. Okay. I would. I, I mean, hey, I, I, I can't argue with it, but I. You can argue the other way as well, too. He's just, Strawman's been such a defensive, just a, a rock steady defenseman for so long. He's, he, and he's played with Victor Hedman for so long. He, he absolutely has, yeah. So, now where I, do I mean, think, that gives you a huge advantage, whereas Gardner played with Zaitsev. No, nope, you're, so, you're absolutely I mean, right. A, but what I do think it might end up term. hurting Toronto in the long run is Ron Hainsey. I think he's he's slowing down. Um, is he, though? I think he is. Do you is. feel like he slowed down from the beginning of last year to the end? I don't think he did, but I think this year because we might has, see him slow down. But he has a specific role. He does, and all like he essentially he plays all penalty kill. He plays like an average of what like a minute and forty five of every penalty he kill. He had by far the most penalty killing minutes in the league. So yep. in terms of skating, it's that's not really a, you know that's not of importance as much on sure. the penalty kill. But so when you get outside of Riley and Garner, right? If say Zaitsev. Or Dermott don't really have breakout seasons, or, or Zaitsev doesn't have a better season to where he's expected to be. They're going to rely a little hev- more heavy on Hainsey to pick up some more minutes. Sure, that's and fair. So maybe in five on five, that doesn't really work out for him as well. I don't know. That's that's really the only reasoning is on D, where I think I would just a coin flip basically. Do you know when and by whom Ron Hainsey was drafted? Uh, Atlanta. Look. Don't look. Was no, he? he was not drafted by Atlanta. He was drafted in two thousand. Okay. By the Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens. I would have guessed Carolina, too, would have been my other guess. but Yeah, he, well, he was there for a little I know while. I was, yeah. yeah. So. Okay, well, uh, I think that uh, that about covers the Atlantic Division. Uh, yeah, I think it does. Any, anything else that you'd like to add in terms of... Uh, any, okay, l- let's, let me ask you this. You look at your, your list. Mm-hmm. Who in your bottom four is most likely to make the playoffs? 
most likely well bottom three we'll say bottom i was three. gonna say yeah because boston's in my bottom four or not my bottom four my bottom five um bottom four honestly Detroit, ottawa montreal who's the most likely to make the playoffs out of those three probably detroit okay yeah and All i right. only say that just because i have a little bit more faith in their forward group than maybe i do and do you want your team to make the playoffs? no absolutely not i i want them to to bottom out and to get jack hughes for sure okay yeah i, I will put up with the heartbreak and even though i still think sadina has a brock besser type season so okay i i would say the most likely team to make the playoffs in this three is ottawa yeah i a mean team that have... was in the final in the conference finals two years ago Yes, they've lost Carlson. I, sure. I think that losing Hoffman is less of a deal, uh, especially since you, know, you can make up for a, a scoring winger. No, and Harden. they brought in Chris Tierney, and they brought in a couple guys. Yeah, and yeah. and couple like we guys. said, if if Ryan or Gabrick have decent seasons, that makes up for more than the production they lost out yeah. of Hoffman. Yeah. I, I think Ottawa's most likely. Um, I Although I do think that all three of these teams are going to miss the playoffs, and there's yeah. very little doubt in my mind that they will. Yeah, I think though, if if anybody, Ottawa has more to play for out of that bottom three than anybody else, just because they don't want exactly, Colorado. exactly, <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, well, that is our Atlantic Division rankings. We'd love to hear well, what you thought, or you know, your your particular rankings where you would have dropped teams. Uh, if we're really off on one, hit us up on Twitter at ot hockey talk. Uh, we'd love if you would like and subscribe and do all those things with our with our podcast share it with people and if you're so inclined give us a little review on our podcast that really helps us out helps us pop higher up on the rankings uh we would really appreciate if you did that uh this has been our show next show we're doing the central, central. division so probably we'll find out best division uh, yeah yeah top to bottom yep. the best division so we'll see if you have uh the chicago blackhawks returning to the playoffs right? yeah We'll find out next time. We'll talk to you later, guys.